Yeah, so I'm going to be a little honest with you. Um, I've been struggling kind of putting this homily together, so uh, be forgiving with me if it gets a little bit convoluted and a little all over the place. So Friday night, um, I had Father James Lincoln held over for dinner at the rectory. The boss is out of town, so uh, I'm in control. And so, um, so I had Father James Lincoln held over, and some of you might remember he spent... Uh, was that two summers ago, um, just kind of with us, helping out until Father Arnold came. And so um, a common thing that priests will do is, you know, especially before the weekend, it asks, like, what are you going to do for your homily, especially when you don't have any material yourself? And so I asked, you know, uh, Father James, you know, what are you going to do for your homily? And we kind of talked a little bit, discussed the Gospels. And um, at the time, I was kind of thinking of taking a line of repentance. In the first reading, we hear about um, the prophet Jonah going to Nineveh and announcing repentance. And it's kind of funny because he doesn't say much. He just simply says, repent, uh, the city's going to be destroyed. And this was enough to convince the people of Nineveh to repent, to put the sackcloth uh, on. And uh, God listened and um, held back the destruction of their city. So I was thinking, you know what? I'm thinking about going this direction of repentance and I think repentance is very difficult just for um, a lot of us, I think, because of our country. Uh, just our, our, I think we're very fluent. Things are going well. And I just look at my own generation, and uh, things might not be perfect, but things are pretty good and good enough for most of uh, the people I've grown up with where I don't really need God. You know, things are kind of good enough. Things are fine. And so why would I need God? But as we got more talking, I was thinking, actually, the way I should go is not so much necessarily poking about what's missing, uh, because we only realize what is missing uh, when we realize what we might have. We only realize what we're missing when we realize what we might have. And this gospel is, I think, the greatest demonstration of that. You know, when we look at it, we have these, these fishermen, we have Simon, we have his brother Andrew, we have the sons of Zebedee and the fishermen, and uh, they probably were complacent. They realized they were fishermen, and if you had talked to them before they met Jesus, um, yeah, they would have spent the rest of their life as a fisherman, just as their father did, and probably their father father did, and that was life, you know. Uh, they went to temple, you know, they were probably devout Jews to a certain extent, um, but this was the life they had, and they couldn't imagine anything else. But then what happens is that Jesus comes, and he doesn't give this long, eloquent explanation of the gospel. Actually, kind of the craziest thing about this gospel, about this call of Peter, his brother Andrew, this, the sons of Zebedee, this call from Jesus is that it's not long-winded or eloquent. He just simply says, come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. How could these words um, cause these four men of the gospel to drop what they were doing on that instant, to leave their father, to leave their career, and go into unknown? And this is the thing I've been praying with just this past day is, what, what was it that allowed these men to just drop their work on the spot and just go off to the unknown with the Lord? And just in praying with it, the thing that came to me was, um, you know, Jesus, he, he was a man, you know, 510 is kind of the records we have. So, um, again, we obviously understand he's probably charismatic, but there had to be something about Jesus, more than his words, that allowed these men to drop what they were doing and follow him. And what was it? 
And uh, what kind of came to me is, was joy. There just must have been some joy behind the face of our Lord when he said these words. Something deeper, something perhaps that um, Peter, Andrew couldn't put into words, but when they saw Jesus, they knew that they were missing something. They were missing something, and they were only going to find it in the Lord. They saw this joy of the Lord, and they said, I want this. I want this. And so the reality, what does that mean for us, is that the Lord is constantly inviting us uh, into deeper relationship with him. And when I think about my own priesthood, uh, as much words as I might give in a homily, you know, sometimes there'll be eloquence, sometimes there'll be confusion. Uh, But it was just a realization actually for me that as long as I let God's light shine through me, let his joy work through me, that's what's going to be the thing that invite people closer to God is, is this joy that can only come from God. And so today, you know, I, I won't wax on more or speak more into two, but the thing is we have this Lord who loves us, who wants relationship with you, and the thing is your life will not be full and complete until he's at the center of your heart, the center of your life, until all of the doings of your day revolve around him. And I'm starting to taste that in my own priesthood that the more I move aside and I let him work in my life, just the happier and more full and more complete my life is. And so today, the Lord, again, is reaching out to you, inviting you, come after me. Come after me. Will you follow?